pray and we'll get into God's word. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I just thank you for this family, for this community of believers that you have called to join together, uh, not just on Sundays, but Father, as we live our lives together, we as a body of believers want to come join together and be pleasing to you in all that we do. Father, we desire as a church to glorify you in our worship and in our teaching and in our Sunday schools, in our community groups. And Father, we desire to be a light to the city of Hollister, to be a light where we live our lives, in our work, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. And so, Father, we thank you for the joy and encouragement it is to come together and focus on Jesus Christ, praise his name, and hear from your word. And so, Father, as we, as we dive into the book of Ephesians today in chapter 5, Lord, we would pray that our hearts would be ready, ready to learn from your word, because your word is perfect and it restores the soul. Your word is profitable for teaching us, for correcting us and training us. Thank you that you have given it to us so that we would be equipped for the work of the ministry that you called us to do. Thank you for this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we're in Ephesians chapter 5. Go ahead and, and turn there, and if you have if missed it or anything, let's just do a quick, I, I love review. And so, becoming or being an imitator of God has been the focus of our teaching these past few weeks. And we've been looking at Ephesians 5, 1 through 17, and Paul, in that passage, has given us three walk commands, three commands on how we're to live, how we're to walk, when we follow as those who desire to imitate God. The first command was to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering to God. We are to be people who love, who sacrifice for one another, who don't just merely look out for our own interests, but also for the interests of others. This is what Christ has called us to do. Christ has called us together as a family, but also as we go out to walk in love. And second, we saw in our text that we're to walk as children of light. What Paul is saying here is that we are to live holy and pure lives. We do this by the grace of God. We do this as ones who've been changed, who've been brought from darkness into light. You see, the sinfulness and darkness that the world covets and practices so freely should not even be named among us. The sinfulness that they enjoy, that they find fake pleasure in, is what should not even be part of those who are the children of God. We are called and we are told to live as children of light because now in Christ we are light. Sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among us and our speech should be such that we make people aware that we're different, that we are indeed children of light. There should be no filthiness or foolish talk Crude joking should not be a part of our lives. Paul calls this talk in our text out of place. Instead, we are to be a people of thanksgiving. Paul strongly warns us, and we've seen this the past weeks, that the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. You know, the world does not like to talk about the wrath of God, but it is a very real thing. The wrath of God does indeed come upon those who practice, those who are called the sons of disobedience. But we're different. 
We are called to be imitators of God. And as we walk in love and as we walk in the light, we show the world the awesome difference Christ has made in us. When we live the Christian life in a way that others see what Christ has done for us, it shows who we truly are and we shine the love of Christ to others. You know when that happens, when we live this life, we do something else. We expose what's missing in those who do not know Jesus Christ. You see, they are without the light. They are without Christ. And the world needs to see us and say something like this. I'm missing something. They are different. They have something I don't have. Sometimes you'll have someone even come up to you and say, you seem different. You have something I don't have. What is it? When that happens, swing for the fences. Go for it. They just teed the ball up to hit a home run. That is a fastball right down the center. And you can hit it out of the park. When that happens, smile and share the gospel with boldness and without fear. They asked. They asked, what's different? Isn't that wonderful? So many times like, hey, don't push your faith on me. People will say that. Well, sometimes they just say, hey, you're different. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about Jesus. We need to do and share our faith with boldness and without fear. I was also thinking about this week, this term, sons of disobedience, that the wrath of God is upon those who are the sons of disobedience. And it made me thankful for who we are in Christ. Remember earlier in Ephesians, we saw that in Christ we've been chosen for adoption through Jesus Christ. We are now members of the household of God. In Christ, we are no longer sons of disobedience. When Paul says, walk as children of light, isn't it the same as saying, walk as a child of God? When Paul says, walk in love, is it not the same as saying, walk as a child of God? God is love. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. You see, we are his children, so let us walk as we should. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called. And we're told by Paul to walk also, where we'll look at today, to walk in wisdom. Walk not as unwise, but wise. So when Paul says, walk not as unwise, but as wise, is this not the same as saying, walk as a child of God? Because God is wise. How wise is God? We call him omniscient, all-knowing. He knows everything. We call him holy and perfect. God does not make bad decisions. Isn't that amazing? Do you know how many bad decisions I make? I think I made one just a few minutes ago. <laughs> I'm going to hear about it from my family today. Whether I think it was a bad decision or not, someone else does, and we're going to hear about it. Bad decisions flow from me. God doesn't do that. All his words are perfect. Everything that he speaks is perfect. Can you wrap your mind around that? How great is our God? We speak of creation. We speak of his power. We speak of his glory. We speak of his majesty and his perfection. And just take it down the line how different he is from us. He doesn't make a bad decision. All his ways are perfect. 
I can worship and follow a perfect, true, and holy God. And that's what we do. One of my favorite verses describing God. I have a few, I admit it, but this really, truly may be my favorite, without exaggerations. If you want to turn there, you can. I'll just read it. Romans 11, 33 through 36. As we talk about walking as ones who are wise, we do that when we follow the true wise one. And look at what Paul says about our God. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unscrutable his ways. For who has known, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Can we say amen together? Amen. How unsearchable are his judgments. God doesn't make a bad judgment. You can't question his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? I in my life have had many counselors. I have sought advice from many different people. You know who God seeks advice from? No one. He does not need to because he is God. You ever receive something from someone and you kind of feel under obligation to treat them different? because you've been given a gift. No one has given anything to God where God feels under obligation. That's what it says. Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? And this is our God. From him and through him and to him are all things. And so what happens? To him and God alone be the glory forever. Our God is wise. And we're called to be imitators of God. And Paul lays it out in our text. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. We are to be imitators of God and walk as one who is wise. Wisdom. So different than intelligence or smarts, isn't it? When you think about it, there are a lot of smart people in history who've made many unwise decisions. And they were smart. Smart in book sense, smart in degrees, smart in titles. But there's been a lot of unwise decisions. Sometimes they're kind of fun to recount and to remember. I believe history, among many things, is proof that God is perfect and man is not. And I know a few years ago I taught from James 1 on wisdom, and I googled bad decisions in history, and I shared some of those with you. We had a pretty good list. I'm not going to repeat those. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Some of them are off the top of my head. But I found a few more of bad decisions. The Boston Red Sox traded Babe Ruth at one time. There are some who didn't believe that they won a World Series till what, back, uh, well, my baseball knowledge is slipping. Late 90s? Early 2000s? Early 2000s for sure. Thanks, Eric. You're not helping me out. Whatever. Cardinals, yeah. But the... The Boston Red Sox traded Babe Ruth, the greatest hitter of the times, maybe of all time, some would argue. 
Here's one. Since it's football season, I threw this in here. 49ers got rid of Jim Harbaugh. Here's another one since I'm having a rough baseball season. A certain manager who I love 99% of the time keeps putting Santiago Casilla on the mound for save decisions. Here's one. Genghis Khan, ruler Mongolian of the Mongolian Empire, sought to open diplomatic and trade links with Allah Adin Muhammad, who was the Shah of the now extinct but neighboring Khwarezmid Empire, which is modern-day Iran and Iraq. Why is it extinct? The offer from Khan to open good relationships was rejected, and a Mongol diplomat was beheaded. Khan wasn't the type who reacts calmly or kindly to these things, and he sent in an estimated 200,000 warriors and utterly destroyed the Khwarezmid Empire. Google founders approached the CEO of Excite. You guys remember Excite? I didn't think so. It was a search engine back when search engines started rolling out. They went to the CEO of Excite and said, hey, would you purchase our search engine for around a million dollars? The offer was rejected by Excite, and they lowered then the price to about $750,000. They still rejected the offer to purchase Google. Google today is worth literally hundreds of billions of dollars. That is an unwise decision. Well, what about us? We laugh at those, but like I told you, I make countless decisions that are not wise. And how many unwise decisions have we made because we were not careful? You see, Paul in our text, he says this, let's read it, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, there are times where we are sinfully impulsive. There are times when we're just casually living our lives and then wham, boom, seemingly out of nowhere, temptation hits and we dive in head first and we don't even have a moment of resistance because we're not careful. You see, God is telling us through Paul's writing, look carefully then how you walk. Friends, we need to be careful. And I think when we're honest with, with each other, we know that we slip into indiscretion and sin way too quickly because we're not careful. In our passage today, Paul is saying this, be alert and walk wisely, walk in wisdom. And he's telling the church in Ephesus to walk carefully, to make the most of our time, and to understand the Lord's will. So we're going to break down our verses. And the first is this. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Walk not as unwise, but as wise. You know, you may be listening right now and thinking, Ron, as I evaluate my life, my life is nothing but a series of unwise decisions. And you may not know, how do I walk in wisdom? How do I live my life as one who walks or lives in wisdom? And that's a good question we all must ask. And even if we do it sometimes, we all must improve and have a careful walk as we live our lives. And so how do we walk in wisdom? It's a great question. Here are some answers from Scripture. Proverbs 1.7 
And if you want to take notes and jot these down, these are great verses. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Later, Solomon writes in Proverbs 9.10, very similar, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. How do we walk in wisdom? First and the most important is we should do this as we live our lives. I believe if we ask this question before we act or do something, we will save ourselves from much pain and foolishness. What is the question? Will God be pleased with what I'm about to do? Will God be pleased with what I'm about to do? That's where the fear of the Lord comes in. Will my decision, will my actions bring glory to God? Will they show a heart of worship or a heart of rebellion? The wisdom is worship. When our actions are pleased and in the center of God's will, our foolishness is sin. When we jump in and don't care about the glory of God in our actions. Paul tells us, look carefully how we walk. The fear of the Lord must guide our decisions. It is wise to fear God and not to fear man. Proverbs 10.1 A wise son makes a glad father but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 13, 16. In everything, the prudent acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. I actually like the living Bible paraphrase on this. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't, and even brag about their foolishness. Proverbs 13, 20, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Kids, you know why sometimes your parents go, really, should you be hanging out with that person? It's because they love you. It's because they have wisdom, and they're following that verse. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer, will suffer harm. Same with us, right? You want to get yourself in trouble? Start hanging out with a fool. One who has no fear of God. Proverbs fourteen sixteen. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. What did Paul just say? Be careful. The fool is careless. Proverbs 28, 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. You see, walk is wise. We are to have a wise walk. The foolish live reckless and careless lives. The fool will flaunt their wickedness and their foolishness. The fool will hang around with other fools and despise wisdom. The wise man is the opposite of the fool. The wise man will value wisdom and godly advice. The wise will pursue wisdom diligently. It was our scripture reading today, but I wanted you all to turn back. Proverbs chapter 2.
My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. Are you seeking this? Are you desiring wisdom, true wisdom that comes from God? The Lord gives it. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's saving it for us. It's a feast of wisdom. It's a protection. Do any of you store up for a rainy day? You store up for an emergency? You store up just for comfort? Oh, soup's on sale. Buy two, get, get two free. I'll buy 12. You store it up. You want to have it ready. God stores up wisdom for his children. How do we gain wisdom? We seek it. This is what the scripture tells us. Ask God to give it to you. James chapter 1. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously. God is not stingy. In delving wisdom and giving wisdom to his children, he will give it to you. It's a promise. Don't doubt. James actually says that. Don't doubt. When you ask, don't doubt. Don't be like the one driven by the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man who doubts expect to receive anything from the Lord, but let him ask in faith. Trust God that he will give to you wisdom. It is there. It's there to be received. We gain wisdom when we walk with others who are wise. Who are you hanging out with? Who are your advisors? There is a very good chance you are receiving daily, maybe even minute by minute, bad advice from people. Because without Christ, there's a lot of foolishness. Yes, there may be book smarts. Yes, you could get advice on investments or you could get advice on, uh, you know, what shingles to put on your roof or what paint's the best or who's a good plumber. By God's common grace, we do get good things from even those who don't know Christ. But if you want wisdom, if you want life-saving, God-glorifying wisdom, go to ones who know God. Seek it. Find someone who has wisdom. And when you find them, you find someone who knows God and knows his word, praise God for a brother or a sister who brings you wisdom because it will come from God's word. It's so good. That's how the body of Christ works. We grow, and as we grow, we find someone who needs to grow more. That's what discipleship is. Really it is. It's the passing on of wisdom as we live our lives. So find someone to grow from, Find someone to give to. Don't be stagnant. Seek to know and love Jesus. We also gain wisdom when we put Christ at the center. Colossians 2, 3 says this, Christ, Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, verse 3. What do we have in Jesus? I was humming the song for whatever reason. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
God put it on my, in, in my mind. I was just been humming it the last couple days. But in Jesus, Paul says, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we have Jesus. We are his. Remember the saying in the bracelet uh, that was kind of popular a few years back? WWJD. Remember that? What would Jesus do? Actually, now I think about it, I think it's more than a few years back. It might be about 20 years old. (laughs) Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. What would Jesus do? You know what? Since in Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, I think that's a good question to ask. I don't really have a big problem with what would Jesus do. I think it's wise to ask that before we act. But I would ask this. Wisdom will guide you when you know the answer to this question. What has Jesus done? What has Jesus done for us? And when you pair the two together, when you know what Jesus has done for you, and when you know what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, then you will know that by God's grace, we can now ask, what would Jesus do? And by God's grace, we have for the first time the ability to do what Jesus would do. Because we get the wisdom from God because of what he has given us in Jesus Christ. Wisdom is also found in God's word. That's like the big duh of the morning, isn't it? God's word. Run to God's word for knowledge. Turn to Matthew chapter seven. We sing this song, we teach it to our kids, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Can I have a show of hands? You guys know that song? I'm almost tempted to make us sing it, but we won't. Jesus says this at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, the longest recorded sermon that we have. Jesus says this, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Whoever hears God's word and does them, follows them, will be wise. It will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. My friends, we are to be people who build our houses, who build our lives on the foundation of God's word, on the foundation of Jesus Christ. When we hear God's word, we obey it and we are wise and we Make this the foundation in the center of our life. The foolish person will hear God's word and they'll just toss it out. The word foolish here in the scriptures is moros. Sound familiar? You moron? We shouldn't say that. Earlier in the sermon, Jesus says, don't call someone raka or empty head. It's the same as being guilty of murder. We are not to do that. But here Jesus is saying, look, it is foolish. It is not wise. It is very bad practice. 
It is the sign of not being regenerate where you ignore God's word. The believer takes God's word and it is the foundation. I ask you, do you love this book? So many of us read so many books, which is fantastic. There are great books out there. I have more books than I know what to do with. Do you read this? Read this, then read this down here. Because this will show you if this is right or wrong. Because this is where the wisdom is. God's word is perfect, restoring the soul. Treasure this, seek this. More precious than fine gold, David says, is the word of God. Build your house on the solid foundation of Christ. We sing this, Christ alone, cornerstone. My hope is built on what? Nothing less built than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Seek Jesus and you will gain tremendous wisdom because God has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness in the true knowledge of him. Ephesians 1, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That includes wisdom. We need to seek wisdom and we find it in God's word. The second verse in our text is verse 16, making the best use of the time. Paul's reminding the church that time is short. You know, we live and die and we can go at any moment. We're not promised our next breath. God sovereignly knows when it'll be for each of us. Or Jesus may come back at any time. I think we sometimes fail to remember that. But scripture is full of advice and wisdom to be ready. Be prepared for Christ coming again. And so Paul is reminding us to be wise and make the best use of your time. Paul reminds us that we're living in an evil age. Do you see this? Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Are we living in evil days? Open your eyes. They're tremendously evil. Look at what Paul said back then. Make the best use of the times. We live in an evil age. We await Jesus' return. We should make the best use of our time because the days are evil. This is a call to not be wasteful with the life that we've been given. This verse also carries the idea of redeeming the time. Purchasing, taking it back. We as Christians must be ready to properly use every opportunity that we're given for the glory of God. We need to be ready to do good. We need to watch and look for opportunities to walk in love. Look for the opportunities to walk in light. Look for the opportunities to be salt, to be light. <coughs> and as we walk in wisdom, we want the world to see our difference so that Christ is glorified in what we do. Verse 17. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So many times I think a believer will talk about God's will in relation to major life decisions. Should I take this job? What should my career choice be? Where should I go to college? Should we buy that house? Should we move to Alaska? Who should I marry? 
I don't believe this is what Paul is writing about here. I believe Paul is saying we need to know what God wants from us and what God's revealed will for us is. We see God's revealed will for us, for each of us here in the scriptures. This is revealed, the will of God. Know what the will of God is. And it's clearly stated in the word of God. It's profitable. It's good for teaching, reproof, correction, instruction, for training in righteousness. So what? For what purpose? That we would be equipped, ready for every good work. We must know the word of God. We see God's revealed will for us in the scriptures. We need to know God's word. We need to understand God's word. And when God's word is revealed to us in the scriptures, we don't question it. We don't ignore it. We learn from it. We know it and we obey it. Do you know there are things in the scripture you don't even have to pray about it? This sounds a little weird, doesn't it? For this is the will of God that you abstain from sexual immorality. Mic drop. Done. When God says something, you do it. His will is revealed. Don't doubt it when it's there. We walk in light. We walk as children of light. We walk as children of love. We obey God's word. And there's blessing when we do so. We are given instruction in scripture that we must follow and obey. When we know the scriptures, we know God's will. And we know God. And we'll know what God has told us to seek after and what to pursue. And we will know what God has told us to run from and to flee from. You know, understanding God's will is truly this. Seek to know Jesus. Look at Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Pattern your life after Jesus. First John tells us this. My little children, first John chapter two, my little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation or the payment for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know. Isn't that awesome? We know. We have assurance. We don't have to doubt. And we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does, not, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may be sure that we are, him, are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same manner in which he walked. I guarantee you this. When we walk and live our lives in the same manner, as which Christ walked and lived his life, we are walking in wisdom. We're walking in light. And we're walking in love. Jesus Christ is the picture of how we're to live. And by God's grace, the Holy Spirit is placed within us who enables us 
to obey the commands God has given. So when we see, therefore, be imitators of God, how do we do this? We walk in love by the grace of God. We walk in light by the grace of God. And we walk in wisdom by the grace of God. The grace of God has given us this, to walk in wisdom, to know how we're to live without any doubting. You don't have to doubt God's word. Can I tell you this too? Greek is awesome, but you can trust in the work that men have done through the years to faithfully preserve this book. And your English Bible will direct you to what God wants you to do. Know this book. Love it and live it. Walk in light and walk in wisdom. Remember this, we are now this very moment, new creatures in Christ. And Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, so we also submit to him. Jesus rescued us. Those who did not love others perfectly as he did, he rescued us. Those who committed dark and sinful and shameful deeds, that's us. And we once were living foolish lives of fake and counterfeit pleasure. Jesus rescued us. We have been rescued and redeemed. We have been made new. The Holy Spirit now indwells us. He enables us to imitate God by walking in love, walking in light, and walking by the Spirit. Let us be people of thanksgiving for all that God has done. Amen? We can walk in love, and we can walk in light, we can walk in wisdom and be imitators of God as we do this because God has given us everything we need through knowing Jesus and knowing him through the word of God. Amen? We're going to close in a song of celebration for all that God has done. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you. Lord, if we took just that command that we started a few weeks ago, be imitators of God. Lord, we couldn't do that. We can't do that on our own. We would fail miserably. But Father, we know that because of all that you've done for us, you have placed us in Christ, you have sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise, you have given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, and you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Father, we praise you that through you, what was impossible is now possible because of Jesus Christ. Father, may we be a people who know who we are, who know you and know what you have done for us, and live every moment in the reality of the newness that we have in Christ. May we be those who walk in newness of life, as your scriptures say. Thank you that you have done this for us. Father, there may be those in here who this is foreign. They're living a foolish life right now. They're walking in darkness. Father, I would pray that your Holy Spirit would do a miraculous work and enlighten them to the truth of the gospel, to the truth that you sent your Jesus Christ, you sent your Son to come to live a perfect life, to be the payment for our sins, to take the penalty of our sins on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. And he did this for us to be a payment for our sins. Father, may you waken them 
to the reality of their lostness, but would you awaken them to the reality of new life through your son? Father, would you grant salvation to those who desperately need it? May they see their need for Jesus. Father, for those of us who know you, may we see and know our continual need for Jesus. May we seek him. May we seek to know him. May we follow him in all that we say and do. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing it is to gather together. Be with us this week. Father, put people in our path that we can minister and show your grace and mercy to. May they see a difference in our lives because of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.